Welcome back, everyone, to Highlighted, an all-sports culture podcast. Sam, Sully, Kurt, Takeaway Tuesday, Week 4, the best series on any podcast out there. You know yeah. the drill. I mean, we're going to go through three takeaways that all of us had throughout the uh, Week 4 of the NFL season, and we're just going to go dive into them. Um, and then we'll have one rapid-fire take at the end of the uh, episode that we'll all kind of say briefly. But if you guys don't know the rules by now, obviously with the whole takeaway, then just go listen to our last three podcasts because we've done this every week now. Great series, a lot of great conversations, and let's uh, let's get it started. Be boys ready? Always. All right. Uh, Sully, you want to lead us off? Yeah, I could lead us off. All right. Actually, get on base. No, 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 no. I'm not leading us off. You're leading us off, Kurt. I we got something. Yeah. I, I want to hear your, uh, you know, the coach down in Jacksonville. I want to oh. hear your thoughts. All right. <clears throat> all right. Or should so, I say the coach up in Ohio? That's what I should have said, actually. Yeah, so that's where it all went down. <laughs> right. So Urban Meyer, that was my first takeaway. Um, got a lot to say about this, obviously, because if you were living under a rock or if you're not living under a rock, you obviously would know what has transpired, not just over this weekend, but out of the whole four weeks of the season, not even that, but the whole off season as well. Urban Meyer has definitely been in an interesting, um, how do I say this? I guess interesting is the right word coach for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars this season. You could just say dog um, shit and dog shit works as well. You could really <laughs> put any negative synonym before and it would just, it would work, but yeah. really quickly, I wanted to, um, uh, read off everything that's transpired really quickly that uh, from his tenure, tenure in uh, Jacksonville so far. So we obviously remember when he hired Chris Doyle as the team's director of sports performance. Uh, Doyle was accused of making racist comments, so they quickly fired him right after that. At least they and, fired him. Exactly. That, that is true. Why did so they hire him? So, Why so did they hire him in the first place? Because then they knew he made those comments and then they hired him and then they were like, oh, we had no idea. And then they fired him. So it looked like they were good. Well, it's been also, known for so long. That I, I didn't know that. This. No, but that's the thing. That. Yeah. Like everyone was like, why'd you hire him? And then they're like, yeah, we probably shouldn't have done that. But he's gone. It was just a weird sequence. I didn't know they knew. Yeah, that's um, bad. Then they signed Tim Tebow as a tight end, which is probably the like best out of everything on here. And that obviously massively failed, but obviously the connection between he Tim Tebow, really bad. Urban Meyer in 2008, we know that, um, drafted a running back in the first round, uh, despite having James Robinson on the roster. Um, he openly admitted that he wanted to draft Kadarius Tony, but used that pick well, on I mean, Travis Etienne. Who I wouldn't mean, want to draft the best player in the draft? I, hey, Tony I just, looked good this weekend. I, oh, we'll get to Tony. We'll we get will. to Tony. We'll good. Um, he told reporters that they cut players due to their vaccine status, which in all seriousness, I think that's true with a lot of coaches, but you obviously don't like openly admit that. Admit that. Yeah. Correct. Had an open competition for starting quarterback, Trevor and Gardner Minshew. Um, and they split first team reps and obviously Gardner got traded like right before the season traded away last year's ninth or yeah, ninth overall pick. They start Oh, and four. This is where it gets weird. Didn't travel with the team after their week four loss to Cincinnati. And obviously the viral videos went out that emerged him with a woman other than his wife at the bar. 
And then I wouldn't even call her a woman. She was like two days over 18 years old. Probably there were more. I'm pretty sure there were multiple women in like separate videos. I saw different Snapchat accounts posting about it. You're going to, if you're going to mess with one woman, you're already in too deep. Might as well do like three. Doesn't he own that bar? Did I see that correctly? He owns he that might. bar. I I didn't see anything, but I want. She I didn't mean, even know who he was, apparently, which makes it even so weirder. Funny. That's um, a little weird on her end, then. I don't know if this was. Photo- <laughs> I don't know if this was photoshopped. It probably was, but it was like some guy saying, like, writing to Urban's wife on Twitter, saying, "Oh boy," and she goes like, "What?" And he was like. I want to do this for you, but search up like Urban Meyer on Twitter and it got like <laughs> 20,000 likes. It was so funny. I don't know how real that was, but I thought that was funny. And then last one is the owner releases a statement that Meyer must regain our trust and respect. But I want to go further back in time because I, I, I and here's what I was very unaware of when I said that this hire I thought would be good because let's not, let's not get it twisted. And I said this before the season, and I still kind of stand by it, Urban Meyer knows how to win. So, like, specifically at the college level, but I still think he can win at the NFL level. You look at the roster at Jacksonville, I mean, he it's really not good, but at least they kind of competed with Arizona. They kind of competed with Cincinnati. Like, they don't look like like a fucking awful team. They kind of have good moments. So I think that there is, like... After four games, if things improve, you wouldn't fire Meyer from a football-only standpoint. But what I was very uh, unaware of when I said that I think the hire was going to be good, because obviously you go back to college, Utah, Florida, Ohio State, he wins at every single one of those um, college teams. But what people don't, what I didn't really understand was just everything we've seen now from a character standpoint with Meyer was just so evident in college. Obviously, you go back to Florida. And we made the post about it. It was our best ever post, the 2008 Florida team, which had probably every single person that was just committing some sort of crime, except for Tim Tebow, who was leading Bible study every week. Shout out to Shout out to the best <laughs> post ever on ASC. It, it was the best post. Um, and then you go to Ohio State, and obviously he has that whole allegation with the sexual assault, and that was kind of what led to him stepping away from Ohio State, Ryan Day coming in. Then he takes the year, year and a half, whatever it is, off. Um, then joins the Fox Sports Fox Noon kickoff team, where let me find this really quick. Um, he states on the show that the criteria for examining struggling teams is trust issues, dysfunctional environment, and selfishness, which I think Oof. applies to all three of him. Oh, um, that's but, very bad. Yeah. So um, then he lands the job at Jacksonville, and like I said, I thought it was a good hire because he won at the college stage, won with Ohio State when they were a heavy underdog in the college football playoff, won with Florida with Tim Tebow, won with Utah with Alex Smith. Like, he's won with those collegiate programs, but it's looked so bad here in Jacksonville. Um, And I think the worst part about it is, like, small things, like, how do you not travel with the team after the game? Every head coach travels. Counterpoint. Unless... Counterpoint. What's the, what's the counterpoint? Um, I don't know how true this is. I've heard that a lot of head coaches, or not maybe not the head coach, the head coach maybe, but I've heard a lot of coaching and staff, whatever, don't actually travel with the team if it's like a hometown situation. And I kind of understand that. I 
they are an own four team. They need to get their shit together. You should definitely be traveling with the team. He already knew that he was kind of losing the locker room. So he should be with the team. If it was like a, you know, six and three team and they won, it would be a little different, I think. But regardless, it's his hometown. He went out to dinner with his, you know, his family. Um, So I think that's okay. If it ended there, you know, if he went to dinner with his family, you know, nothing happened. He flew back the next day. They started practice, met with the team. I think it'd be fine. Don't think we'd be talking about it. Uh, but the fact that obviously what he did was, you know, he shouldn't be spending his time doing that when he has an 0-4 football team. Yeah, I agree. But I, I've read, and I think it's I, – I agree with you in that sense that if it – I mean, obviously it's his hometown. He wants to see his family. That's fine. But many instances, unless it's a family emergency is what I read, is where coaches will travel back with the team. Um, so that's kind of why it was just weird. And especially when you're on an 0-4 team, you'd want to get back and get to work and talk with your team and kind of get back to the locker room. And then obviously Sam pointed this out before the podcast, but they've had team meetings this week, but it hasn't been about the Titans. It's been about other things that have happened within the organization. And then Mike Lombardi has said, this is going to get ugly probably really fast if it wasn't ugly already. So stuff may come out later and it's a whole situation. Then obviously Do you want to say something, Sam? Well, I have a little bit more to add about what's going on in the team currently, if you you want me to. Of course, I would love for you to. Okay, so Michael Silver had this really great thread that came out today earlier that has gone viral, essentially. And he's basically saying that the situation right now has hit a crisis point and that Urban has zero credibility in that stadium and he had very little to begin with. And... Players were particularly put off by the fact that Urban Meyer canceled Monday's team meeting as he dealt with the uproar over the videos that happened. And he even canceled the team meeting because a player said that he was too scared, quote unquote. And then Urban Meyer apparently only apologized to position groups individually and that he portrayed the woman in the videos as a random person who was just there dancing and that his the players were obviously very skeptical about his like truth in this situation. And the one player said that they looked at him like, what the fuck are you saying, dude? And then once he left that the whole room erupted in laughter and that he knew about it. And like, it, it's just. He's clueless. And- yeah. And like I was saying in like today's press conference where they're of course addressing the question, he's just dodging it and like just having the most like pussy like attitude in the entire world. Like at least here's my stance on it. Like if you did all of that, why not just be like, all right, guys, I know it's coming. Like, I'm sorry for what happened. It was my mistake because obviously he apologized during the press conference, but he should have been like, I've done a horrible job with this. Obviously we're 0-4. I need to be better. Like you guys can ask me questions, but I just wanted to like come out and say I'm sorry instead of him just being like, yeah, like it was a mistake. I'm sorry. With like his head down. Like it's just the negative attitude he brings off is just so exhausting to hear. And like Urban's done a horrible job. And like Sam said, like this is probably one of the worst head coaching hires we have seen of all time. Um, and I'm like, I seriously, like, I'm seriously think urban is so set on wanting the USC job. I, 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 I'm not even kidding at this point. Like 
I just think he's so done already with Jacksonville. It's going horribly. He's got his eyes on USC. He wants to go live in Southern California. He wants to go back to college football. And obviously people are making jokes about it on Twitter, but I, I seriously think it's like a Nick Saban thing. Obviously Nick Saban never did any of this stuff. He just failed massively with Miami and in the NFL, but I'm telling you, like, I think he's going to go to USC if he gets offered the job and, Obviously, from a football standpoint, he should get offered it because he's one of the best and all-time winningest collegiate coaches of all time. But obviously, you've seen what he's done in the NFL, and it's been just a disaster. So, yeah, I know I've talked about this a lot. I had a lot of different thoughts. You guys can kind of chime in, but it's it's a shit show. You think I'd be a better coach? Probably. I'm serious. Yeah, probably. Okay. You just, I agree. In all honesty, like, think about this. You just hire an OCDC to kind of run the offense and defense. Oh, no, yeah. no, no. I'm calling offensive and defensive plays. Then you're, you're probably not. <laughs> what? <laughs> Literally a genius. Yeah, you are. But, yeah, I don't really have anything to say. You kind of hit the, the nail on the head multiple times. Uh, yeah, I, he sucks. We've been saying that he sucks. Now he does this. Like we said, on the field was one thing. It wasn't going great. It wasn't abysmal. It wasn't great, though. You do this. It's pretty bad. Uh, I also think the Jaguars owner has no idea, but he doesn't know what he's talking about ever. Shad Khan, uh, yeah, he's clueless. He's clueless. Yeah. He's a super rich dude that bought the Jaguars. He knows nothing about football. Um, I'm pretty sure I remember when Maurice Jones drew was there. I remember something happening with Maurice Jones drew where like they didn't pay him. And he was like, I don't even know who that is or something. I remember something happening with him. And obviously Maurice Jones drew was one of the best running backs in his prime. So, uh, Regardless, I don't even know if I'm making that up. I don't think I am, though. Well, I no. just think that guy doesn't know what he's talking about, and you combine him with Urban, it's a mess over there. He's a terrible owner, and I remember um, when they played in London, I think it was in 2019, they had like a whole segment about, like, is he going to sell the team? Because he was getting so much backlash for the way he handled the team, and he's still sticking with it two years later, but it's not like it's progressed in any way. Yeah, he's probably wants to sell it. He's an extremely hands-off owner, so he lets – these people he hires that he doesn't really understand that well run everything essentially they don't have that owner in place that can use the iron fist and like at least tell them when something is not right to do jacksonville has infamously been a long leash with this guy at the helm i mean doug or what was their last coach doug marone doug marone yeah he he stayed there two years too long you know, like it was pretty obvious he should have gone after 2018, 2019, and he sticked around until late 20 or late 2020. Like it, it, this guy just isn't a great owner. And honestly, he's Ian Rappaport said today that Urban Meyer getting fired wasn't even in consideration, like at all. Um, and that it never was going to be in the cards. Like people are thinking he's gonna get fired midseason. I don't see it happening unless urban does it himself essentially. And I don't think that'll happen either. Um, I'm with you, Kurt though. I, I think he wants to do a C job. Like in all honesty, like he's already lost this team, like in its entirety and like everything he's done since he's gotten there has just been absolute trash. It, it's just not been good on any level. But uh, what he has yeah. going for him, not to switch the focus to that, but and I said this when we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, Sam, but like 
he obviously with USC, they're doing a long, thorough search for their next head coach. So it's not going to come this year. And obviously with the season ending in December, January, that's kind of relatively when the NFC NFL season is going to end. So yeah. he can just go the whole year and mm-hmm. he can sync it up. And then I'm not even kidding. Like a week after the season ends, he goes to USC, signs the papers. Has, and I, I, I can so see this happening. He has a press conference for Jacksonville and goes, didn't work out. Um, I'm doing this because I don't think it's going to work in the NFL. I'm going to go take my talents to USC and he's done. Like I seriously can see that happening. And I think that it's almost a situation where he's kind of monitoring both situations. And that is a recipe for disaster. Yeah. I mean, the NFL is so different from college football and his coaching style just does not work at all with adult men. It doesn't. And I mean, you said it, Nick Saban failed in the NFL. Like some coaches just aren't meant for the NFL, like at all. Like we saw Matt Rule just get hired last year. He's been good. Cliff Kingsbury just jumped to the NFL. We thought he was shit, but he started out really strong this year. Um, You just never know with college coaches Mm -hmm. when they've run such big programs that are so successful, but some that just suck. They're good in the NFL. It's just a weird you know, two sides of the same coin, I guess. That's why it's, that's why it's not easy, man. You never know if they're going to be good or not until you try. Well, Matthew Sullivan, obviously is the well, we know one that. candidate yes, for Jacksonville. Yes. We do know that. Yeah. Last thing I'll mention, cause I know we've talked about this for too long, but I think it's like, I think it's more so he could have gotten away with everything that happened at Ohio state in the college level, because obviously if you recruit five-star four-star athletes, it kind of makes yeah. up for the way your locker room and culture is because these guys are just so damn good. And obviously, mm-hmm. like we said, from an X's and O's standpoint, he's one of the best, at least at the college level. So it worked out. NFL, though, like you said, you get to these adults, you get to guys who really value what the culture is in a locker room. And if you're not doing a good job there, they're not going to take it. Yeah. We're exactly. not going to take it. All right. Uh, you know, we are going to take, we're going to take Daniel Jones career high passing yards game, 407 passing yards beats the saints in OT leads the game winning drive. Daniel Jones. We we had it on our takeaways post yesterday or no, we actually posted it today. Um, he's not a laughing stock anymore in the NFL. I mean, I I don't, I'm not going to say that he's top 15, but guys saw a poll on Twitter that said top 15 quarterback. And it was, over i mean not overwhelming but the majority of people said yes now Hmm. would you guys say he's top 25 yes would you say he's top 20 no this season i'd say this season yes this season i mean i know we we talk about pff grades we don't love them um they're not a great way to determine Daniel Jones, PFF grade only one quarterback has graded higher than Daniel Jones and that's Tom Brady you know um let, let me let's do this thing let's let's yeah, test yeah. this let's test do, this all right do a thing he's better all right I, i'm just gonna list quarterbacks we're gonna say yes or no if he's better if we so, get to 12 if we get to 12 he's a top 20 all right so this season alone this correct? season alone okay. okay okay all right i'm not gonna go through the whole league i'm just gonna go through quarterbacks that would be in that area that we would think because okay. that would take too long all right jacoby Brissett slash tua Yes. Yeah, I think he's better than both. I yeah. 100% agree. Mac Jones. No. Yeah, he's better. 
I, uh, I'd say yes. I think yeah. he's better than Mac Jones right now. He's been having a good Mac year. Jones, yeah. Mac Jones. Mac okay. Jones is no, no, the offensive right. line. I think I think it's more so like if you I think it's more so like the um how do I word this? Like the potential is what I'm looking at. But as okay. of right now, sure, Daniel. I'll, I'll okay. go with that. Zach Wilson. Yes, he's better. Yeah. Teddy slash Drew. Uh that's tough. I'd say he's pretty even with Teddy. He is. Probably better though. Probably I think better. I think I think he's Teddy a better is, deep ball thrower. I think Teddy's had a better here's Okay, keep going. And I got to say something about Daniel Jones. That, right. that will, you know, clarify all this. I know all of us will say no to Derek Carr. Uh, God, I hope you guys don't think he's better than Joe Burrow. No. Okay. Uh, Baker. No. No. Okay. Ben. Yeah. 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 All right. Davis Mills, Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. Carson Wentz. Yeah, he's Carson been better is, than Carson. Carson has been better. Carson's had a he's bad been year. better. Yeah, Carson one sucks this year. He's been all right. Really so bad. He's, I will he, be getting that. What are we at now? How many people? Ah, uh, okay. One, two. That's like three, at least six. Four. Uh, five, six. Trevor. Yeah. Seven. Okay. Heineke, okay. Hurts. None of the maybe Jimmy. I, I yes, the answer is yes. Essentially, cool. What are we gonna say? Well, we, get, we get to like twelve. We get to twelve pretty easily. Yeah, we we've gotten six through the AFC, and then if you go to the NFC, like there's Chicago, Detroit. Yeah. Uh, who else? Like Chicago, Detroit, Washington, Philly. Um, none of the NFC West. Then you get to like Jameis, Matt Ryan, and Darnold. So here's my he's thing a, about Daniel Jones. He's around 20. He's around 20. I agree. Here's my thing about Daniel Jones. He's actually, it's weird. Like, I, I want to say he's playing really well. Like, I do want to say, like, really. I want to put the word really in there because I do think he is playing really well. And, you know, you rarely see him miss a lot of throws. Like, usually when I watch Daniel Jones or the quarterbacks that are, you know, around, like, the top 20, maybe, like, 25 area, which is where he's at. Um, and, you know, before the season, he was, you know, I wouldn't say unanimously, but thought of as a, you know, bottom five quarterback. And you think that they miss a lot of throws and they have a lot of turnovers. Daniel Jones, uh, he threw a he threw an interception in the Saints game. It was a Hail Mary with two seconds left before the half, so it doesn't count. Um, he doesn't have a fumble this year other than the Broncos game. where well, He did actually – he had a fumble. It didn't lose it in another game. I forget which one. Uh, but the Broncos game, he did fumble, but it wasn't a strip sack. It was a, you know, rushing attempt. It was a bad fumble, but overall, like, it wasn't, you know, the typical problem that Daniel Jones has had. So the interceptions haven't really been there. The turnovers haven't been there in general. The fumbles. Um, he hasn't been missing a lot of throws. The weird part about it is why I can't say he's, you know, confirmed top 20, like, definite – the Giants just don't score that much. Like he just can't get the ball in the end zone, which is definitely a problem. That's obviously a big difference between elite quarterbacks and the good ones and even the good ones and the okay ones. 
Um, it's just weird. He doesn't throw a lot of touchdowns and I'm not saying that like the giants have a lot of rushing touchdowns, which they don't, their running game kind of sucks. The offensive line has been solid. Andrew Thomas, like probably one of the biggest transformations between last year and this year. Um, he, I don't believe he has a sack. I think he's let up one pressure through four games. He's been, you know, huge, huge for this team. And all our offensive line is decimated by injuries already. And it wasn't even good to start. Um, Solder is trash. The offensive line has been okay though. Enough for Daniel Jones to, you know, do his work. And that's what I'm saying. Like I, if he was able to, you know, I, I really don't ever expect two touchdowns from Daniel Jones in a game. So that me going into like, if I go, I can name 20 quarterbacks that I'll go into the game thinking, okay, they can easily throw three touchdowns in this game easily. Like even Jalen hurts. I'm thinking like, all right, he can throw two to three touchdowns. Like I wouldn't be surprised if Daniel Jones th- throws three touchdowns. I am very surprised. But at the same time, he rarely misses throws. He's had, you know, great, you know, placement and whatnot. Kenny Galladay was 100% injured in the beginning of the season because if you look at the yards of separation, I mean, week one, he didn't even have a yard of separation. Now you go to week four, he's had three and a half yards of separation per route. And I want to talk about Kadarius Toney also because we didn't use him like barely. He had, what, three catches before this game, I think. Uh, He was ridiculous i'm actually addicted to watching Kadarius tony highlights because this guy is unbelievable he's he's basically like he's i would compare him to a little bit like alvin kamara like his footwork basically the way he like can cut back and forth you know jump cut stop and go i do i do think that he might you know like honestly this is bad to say but like i think he's gonna get clocked and get very injured based on his running style. Um, there was multiple times in that game where like, he he's not really looking, he's obviously looking around him, but like, he doesn't see behind him. He'll stop on a dime. And like, I, I, I could just see him getting clocked, but hopefully he doesn't because it's electric. And he was able to pick up multiple first downs when he got the ball, like 15, it was a third and 18 that he converted. It was ridiculous. All the screenplay. So he's amazing. Um, when he gets the ball on his hand. So we got a scheme more. Jason Garrett still sucks. Don't get it twisted. Saquon looked decent. The Giants are, you know, the defense was looking better than, you know, they have in the past this season, at least. Uh, it's a, it's a good squad. My overall take was on Daniel Jones being that he's not a laughing stock anymore. He's pretty decent, but honestly, our worst nightmares might be coming true that Daniel Jones is going to, you know, sink into this kind of, he's all right. He's, he's not that bad. He'll start next year. We won't go anywhere. We'll win seven games. That's like the worst place to be in football. I hate it. Uh, so we'll see, but overall, I think he's been doing well. If you get him an upgrade offensive line, he could catapult in, you know, around that top 15 area. So yeah, good for you, Daniel. I, we uh, all hate it on you a lot. I got to say, I take it back. Sully, this is, um, like definitely an overreaction, but I'm just going to ask it anyway, for the uh, entertainment standpoint of this podcast. Yeah. But obviously Trevor's been looking horrible. Who would you? Uh, oh my God! No, no, I'll take Trevor. I'll take Trevor. Would? Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna come back to it four <laughs> weeks from now again, and we'll see I, if the answer changes. Because I just think the like funniest thing ever is yeah, you finally go, "I'm taking Daniel Jones over Trevor Lawrence." It is fun. And, and then you just no, uh, I would still take Trevor because obviously, like, there's still so much unknown about Trevor that like Daniel Jones, right. like, I mean, realistically speaking, historically speaking, we've kind of we haven't seen his ceiling, but we kind of know that it's not top five level. 
just historically speaking. I mean, has I mean, besides like Peyton Manning, I guess, like his rookie season was abysmal. But Daniel Jones has shown not just one season, but you know, two seasons of not being very good. Yeah. So I think it'd be insane if he was ever like a top five. Whereas with Trevor, so far, I mean, I like if you were to predict it, would Trevor be top five? I mean, I would you guys do you think Trevor can be top five? I mean, I still think you can say yes. I still think oh, so, yeah. but like, yeah. yeah it's, so I, that's kind of where I stand. I'm going to yeah. go with the potential. And um, for just anyone that's confused and listening, week two last year, Sully said he's got, we got to hold the brakes because Sam asked the question on, would you take Trevor over Daniel Jones? And Sully was like, probably, but we'll have to see how the rest of the season goes out. Had a huge overreaction from everyone, everyone, because they thought he said that uh he yeah, wanted apparently apparently it turned into me saying like before like like an hour before the draft that I would still have Daniel Jones. <laughs> like I don't know how it turned With into the that. first overall pick. But, yeah. yeah, no. I basically like Kurt said, I basically said like it was like literally like week two or three. It was like a so early on. I was like, I still need to see Daniel, but like probably go with Trevor, obviously. It just got, yeah. the narrative got switched so fast. Yeah, it, it just kept going. It was like, and then it was week eight, and then it was week 12, and then it was like during the draft. The Giants are almost that. in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Right. Whatever. Sam, let's hear your take. Don't be shocked if Dallas is a top two seed in the NFC. I like it. So. It pains me to say, but I think you might be right. <laughs> I'm not saying that they will be the a top two team in the NFC. I'm saying a top two seed. There is a difference because you look at teams in like the NFC West, you got the Packers in the NFC North, and then you have Tampa Bay. Obviously, you're going to feel better about those teams. Who knows? Maybe Dallas shows a lot. I mean, they've had a great start, but who knows? Maybe they might show more that makes you more impressed with them as the season goes on and other teams show a lot more flaws. That's the point I'm getting at. But Dallas being a top two seed in the NFC is very much in play, in my opinion. I think they could even get the one seed. Um, Dallas was a third place team last year. So they're going to be facing a third place schedule. I looked at their schedule. It is Swiss cheese. I'm not even kidding. I looked at it. It is so easy, except for like they play like the Chiefs. The Washington then, football team, the New York Giants, very tough games. Am yeah. I right, Sully? I mean, the Giants are going to be yeah, – Daniel Jones is the toughest team. Come on. <laughs> yeah, come on the man. hardest team they face is the Chiefs. And then, like, they have games against the Cardinals and Raiders. And then that's, like, about it. Every other game is, like, they should win it. Um like pretty clearly. And I'd even say they should pretty clearly win against the Raiders. But what I'm getting at is their schedule is very easy. Like it's so easy. And that pays huge dividends into them being a top two seed. And obviously you look at the NFC West because that's a bloodbath right now. I mean, all four of those teams can make the playoffs in the same year, which would be the first time in NFL history, obviously, because it's the second year that they're doing uh, seven teams in each conference making the playoffs. And then you have Tampa Bay and Green Bay are both experiencing a ton of injuries right now. So they might drop some games. I mean, Tampa Bay almost just dropped that game to New England. If it wasn't for Nick Folk missing, doinking a kick in the rain. Obvious, we'll get to that. But and Green Bay obviously is missing Jair Alexander, Bakhtiari, whatever. And Kevin so, King. Yeah, we are missing Kevin King. You're right. That's a positive, uh, though. It, it might be. 
Uh, but what I'm getting at is Dallas could seize this opportunity. Like they could absolutely seize this opportunity and make the most of it and have a similar, you know, 2016, was it 2016? Yeah, it was 2016 esque great season, you know, where they just get the top seed and dominate the whole year against easy competition and then get the top seed. And then once they face an actual team in the playoffs, you know, they might drop a little, little thing, but Dan Quinn has been great as their defensive coordinator. Mike McCarthy still sucks as a head coach, but mm-hmm. Kellen Moore has been fantastic calling plays as the OC. I mean, their offense is as good as we thought it would be. It's exactly the same, if not better compared to what it was last season at the start of the year when Dak was healthy, all they needed was their defense to perform well. And I mean, contributions from Trayvon Diggs, which we talked about a little bit last week has been, he's been amazing. He's been the best corner in the league through four, uh, four weeks and their rookie Osa Digazua and Micah Parsons have been great. Like this, this team could be the top seed. I'm just saying, I don't think they will, but it's very much in play based on what these other teams are experiencing that we view as true contenders in the NFC. No, I mean, I agree. If, if before the season, whenever we would talk about the Cowboys, we always said it's their defense. We hate their defense. Their defense sucks. They're not going to be that good. They're going to be a mediocre team. They're going to win eight games. Their defense sucks, blah, blah, blah. No one ever mentioned their offense. We think their offense is great. It is great. It's been amazing this year. Now with their defense being pretty good, honestly, it's, I would say it's above average. It's definitely a top half of the league so far. Um, Diggs is playing lights out. You can't really count on turnovers too much, especially from one player, but still they've been they able are, to create them so far. Legit. I'm being yeah, honest. I mean, they're all, no, no, he's been great. <laughs> he's been great. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, if I told you guys before the season that the Cowboys would have a, you know, a top 13 defense, you would say they would easily win the NFC East and you would say that. Yeah. I mean, you would say they would easily win the NFC East, correct? Oh yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's what we're seeing right now. They're going to win the NFC East in my opinion, um, because the other teams are obviously dealing with their, the Eagles are out of it. The giants are obviously have a pretty bad record and the Washington, well, we'll get to Washington, but um, yeah, I think that the Cowboys could definitely make a run at it. Top two in the NFC. I think it's possible. Like you said, they have an easy schedule defense playing great offense playing great. I think they can do it. I think one of my least favorite things in the world is praising Dallas, but I can't go around it. I mean, they look unbelievable through four weeks. Um, I mean, just, you see who they've beaten already. I mean, they almost beat Tampa Bay. That's their only loss of the year, but then they go and turn around and they play, the Chargers on the road and get a huge win there against a Chargers team who also has three wins. So they were look very good. Um, then they, were they playing week three? They played uh, uh, Eagles, the Eagles and they killed them. And then against the Carolina team, that was three, and zero. they swept through them. And, you know, I think it was like an eight point game. It's still, you knew they were going to carry Right. So Dallas looks great. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's what I was worried about was their defense. And it has just been very good. They have, I mean, it's weird. They have a much better defense than Washington. And if you would have said that before the year, I would have said you're smoking crack. 
but that's what's happening. Yeah, we might be smoking crack, honestly, because like we might be living in an alternate reality. I don't know how the defense is doing this, but I, I, it the, is the darkest timeline. That's what we're yeah. living in. I'm just, yeah. I'm just getting some wet. Loki shit. Getting ready to sober up and then like see Washington's 4 0. They got the best yeah. defense in the league. <laughs> Daniel Jones is MVP. <laughs> yeah, we're waiting on it. But all right. My second takeaway I know we kind of refrain from talking about games this year as we want to do takeaways specifically, but Sully kind of cheated with that last week with the uh, Rams Bucks game. And I'm going to do it this week with the uh, Bucks Patriots game. But I said going into this game, I think a lot of people were in agreement that Tampa was going to like run away with this game. I was kind of like, I don't necessarily think that's true. I think new England's going to keep it relatively close. I expected big games from both quarterbacks and we didn't necessarily get that, but I thought it'd be a very offensive battle. It'd go to the wire and it'd be a great game. I was right on. It was a great game and it came down to the wire, but it was very defensive performance. New England's defense was incredible this game i just want to point that out i know they lost but they looked unbelievable tom brady could not really do anything and i think some of that has to do with the weather it was pouring down rain but in a homecoming game and you held held tom brady scoring no touchdowns you have a lot of respect defensively for that team so props new england in that sense but um i thought it was a great game i thought mac jones in this game specifically looked better than tom brady obviously Overall, that's not even comparable. Tom Brady's much better, but thought Mac Jones had a very good game. Um, but it just goes to show, like, we get down to the fourth and three, where they're at the 39-yard line. We don't know if they're going to kick it. Obviously, it's pouring down rain. He probably makes that if it's a sunny sunny night, or what am I saying? Not sunny because it was at night. I guess clear weathers. Um, but, <laughs> um, you know, I thought they were going to go for it. But that just goes to show, does Belichick have confidence that Mac Jones could have got that first down? Obviously, if it's Tom Brady, the narrative probably switches. They probably go for it. They'll probably pick it up, get a little closer to kick the field goal. But in this sense, with the rookie quarterback, we've never been used to Belichick having it this way. So it was a little interesting to see what he did. And they elected the kick. Was a doink off the post. I mean, the kick the was the kick was one foot off from going in. It was a great kick. Don't the kick goes in and they go, Belichick, what a decision by I, the goat. I, I agree. And now it, it go it goes off by one foot, and now they're like, Why would he do that? I, I'm not, literally questioning if Belichick is the best coach ever because of that decision. I, I saw it. I was I, like, What? Yeah. Okay. I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, I think Belichick. With a rookie quarter, I think with Brady, he goes for that 10 times out of 10. But now you have a rookie quarterback, the decision gets a little. I mean, I'm fine with the decision. Like a 56 yarder, Nick Folk made however many in a row. He's obviously a great kicker, but just misses a little bit. I like when the kick went up, I was like, it's in. I looked in and then it just kind of swirled off at the last moment, hit the left post, and game was over. But um, like I said, Tom Brady's homecoming. I was excited for it. A lot of people were like, it's so overhyped, this game. I was pretty pumped for it. I was so excited for it. Um, I kind of fell asleep like before it ended, though. I was kind of <laughs> tired. Um, so I saw the next day, obviously, the Belichick-Brady encounter, which lasted like half a second. But then obviously they met after the game for a couple hours. And obviously everyone's like, what do they talk about? It's like, we'll never know. That's the secret. That's, yeah, uh, I think yeah. The last that, dance footage of that so bad. Yeah, that's like one of the cool. I love 
those little moments that like whatever like last dance stuff too i mean i i think that you know down the line i know uh what was it belichick and saban did that kind of thing where they sat together for like some kind of show mm-hmm. or special i think we'll get something similar uh maybe not with brady and belichick together maybe just belichick Shaq and kobe brady. did that yeah yeah maybe but, but- like just brady but i think we'll get down the line after he's retired, I think we'll get an insight on what was said in that conversation. Like, I don't understand how a narrative is, exists now where Belichick and Brady like hate each other. That's just yeah. not even remotely true. That's because I make TikToks like that and I create that narrative. <laughs> Dude, I the villain one, unreal. Oh, unreal. 30K, 30K, 30K. Should have been more, but on a, every takeaway Tuesday, I gotta hype up one of your TikToks. I, I probably Dude. watched I probably watched it 50 times. I got the slow-mo, the slow-mo in the hood. Oh my god. <laughs> it was so good. If yeah. you don't know what we're talking about, go check out the ASC TikTok, all sports culture on TikTok. I made one, you know, the, the famous quote. Everyone knows the quote. You uh you die a villain or you die a hero or you live long enough to become the villain. And it was, you know, Tom Brady and Belichick hugging when they were with the Patriots, they won the Super Bowl. And then at the beat drop or whatever it is, it turns to Belichick and he was like walking in the rain with his hood on and I slowed it down. He literally looked like Darth Vader. It was amazing. But um, uh, yeah. Shout out. Shout out to Dark Knight for the quote on real movie. Yeah, we'll talk course, about that on the uh, movie podcast. Yeah, the movie podcast. <laughs> Whatever the movie podcast yeah. happens again. Yeah. Um, but no, that's all I really had to say. Not much I had to say. Just great game. All that. Whatever. If you guys want to add on with anything you want. Uh, yeah, I don't have much to say about it. I think obviously the weather played a big part in reason why it wasn't so much of an offensive game. Even though Tom's obviously used to playing in that weather, he played for New England for 20 years, but he's obviously been in Tampa Bay for now his second year. So he obviously doesn't like the rain too much anymore, probably. But regardless, um, Bucks winning it. I did think it would be pretty close because as much as Tom Brady wanted to beat the Patriots and score a lot in his homecoming, uh, who would know how to defend against Tom Brady than the best coach of all time who coached him for 20 years. So I knew Belichick would pull something out of his sleeve and he did, and it worked pretty well. And obviously it was, you know, one foot off from a field goal of him losing that game. He was pretty salty as much as we like to say, there's no hate between the two. He was Belichick was definitely salty after he lost that one. Obviously you lose any game, you're going to be pissed, but that was like a little there. We like to say there's no, you know, rivalry between the two, but and there the media is. has created this is Belichick not as great as we thought he was without Brady. Cause obviously Brady wins the super bowl and he's been great in Tampa Bay and the Patriots ever since he left, haven't been very good. Um, I think it's all bullshit. I think Belichick's the greatest coach of all time. I think Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. You put them together. That's the only way you're ever going to make it to 10 super bowls or whatever. They made it to nine when he was with the Patriots. 10 or no nine with the Pats, nine, one with nine, the Bucks. Nine, nine. Yeah, so, but regardless, whatever the media wants to do. That's all the media does today, man. It's divide us. We got to come together. <laughs> hey, I, I just want to say this regarding the field goal. People will only criticize you if it doesn't work. Sure, yep. of course. If it works, they won't say anything. I, I wasn't criticizing it, by the way. I was just saying. No, you were just well, the you were decision, point. The decision yeah, yeah. was harder to make because of a rookie quarterback. Yeah, yeah, no, no. no I'm right, fine with right. it. I would be fine with either decision. Belichick definitely knows more than I do, and his decision's better than mine. Yeah, a little bit more. Just a little. Yeah, only a little. He's not but, Matt uh, Sullivan tier, though. Yeah, no, he's not my tier yet. But um, yeah. So we'll move on to my take. Uh, my take's about the Cardinals. I did have a take about the Cardinals. 
I believe it was after week one. I said they would be coming second in the division. Funny enough, they just, I mean, I'm, I'm going to use the word destroyed. Um, they had control of that game the entire time. Uh, obviously I'm talking about the Rams game this weekend. Uh, I said the Rams would finish as the number one seed overall. And I said they would also obviously win that division, but now it's looking like a little bit of a toss up. I don't want to overreact. I still think this Rams team is very, very good. I still think they're probably going to win the division, but the Cardinals are much better. And the Cardinals are somewhat of in, in the same spot as um, it's going to be a weird analogy, but bear with me as the Cowboys going into the season, in my opinion, um, maybe not so much, but we love their offense. We love the Cardinals offense. We didn't love, you know, Kingsbury. We thought, uh, you know, his play calling or his, you know, time management, his decisions were a little questionable, but I, I always thought he was fine. Um, I think he was a little overhated. We're seeing that this year. Kyler is MVP favorite. He's been incredible. But I think I was, you know, we were kind of expecting that going into the year. They have the weapons. It's a great offense. The defense has been playing very, very well. Um, and I've said, you know, I said before the season, I said after week one, they have the pieces similar to like, um, you know, not on the same scale, but the Panthers, they have really good individual players. Uh, the Cardinals obviously have Chandler Jones, Buda Baker. Uh, they have very good individual players and they've been playing very well as a unit. If you stop the Rams from scoring, if you make, you know, you have multiple turnovers on the Rams, you've prevented from scoring what the Rams score 21. It's like 37, 21 or something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's if you hold the Rams to 21 points, you did your job. That's all you can ask for. The Rams offense is incredible with McVay. The Cardinals are very, very legit. I know this is a team that last year they looked very good and they would just unwind randomly against teams that they should beat. I don't think that's going to be the case anymore. The defense is playing much better than last year. The offense is much more consistent. Kyler Murray is very, very good as much as people want to hate on him. He's definitely like, I mean, he's kind of turning into Lamar a little bit. Um, you know, people want to hate on him a lot. I think he's way better than them. I mean, I don't say way better, but I think he's definitely better than Lamar. Um, I don't even think it's a conversation, but, uh, that's my take. Cardinals are legit. Uh, I, I switched my Rams to Super Bowl pick. I don't, you guys remember that, right? On the podcast. I do. I'm, st I'm still holding steady with the Rams. This game for me is not a huge, you know, uh, just as last week, Bucks Rams wasn't a huge deterrent for the Bucks for me this week or was not a huge deterrent for the Rams for me. I still think it's a great team. McVay, they match up again. He is going to, you know, come out with a totally different game plan. He's going to be ready to beat them. Uh, but I think this is a really big win for the Cardinals before this, they were zero and eight versus McVay. I'm pretty sure I saw that stat. Um, so this is a big win for them, especially in the division. That's huge. Great team. Going to be more consistent this year. Cardinals, baby. I'm on the train. I've always loved Kyler, even though he blocked us in all sports culture. Which um, I gotta say is one of the worst things. One of my Kyler Murray, Alvin Kamara, some probably two out of the, my top five favorite players in the NFL, both blocked us. Unreal. Kadarius Tony though. <laughs> Kadarius Tony, we gotta get him on the pod. We do. Wow. Um, I'll, I'll keep this kind of quick. You pretty much covered everything. I hated Arizona coming in. Thought they were extremely overrated. I wanted to put Kingsbury's head on a spike. Not anymore. He he's got off it. He's on a throne. He's on the Iron Throne. Not yeah. yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Um, but he, I mean, the team's been great. And I was worried about their defense. And every single 
component of this team that I was worried about has worked out great. The running game, Chase Edmonds, uh, James Conner have been unbelievable. I mean, fucking AJ Green's having a great year, and you never would have expected that. Offense, uh, offensive line looks solid, but in all honesty, with a quarterback like Kyler, you don't even need an unbelievable offensive line because the guy's just going to go all over the place and it won't even matter. Um, Kyler is currently a top five quarterback. He's been unbelievable. He's in the MVP candidate. He's probably going to win it if all things hold up. He's got the best odds. He does. And their defense, like we said, we going to the season, we were like, if Arizona is going to be good, their defense has to just do enough to where their offense can overpower how bad their defense is. But like you said, if you're holding them to 21 points, you're expecting that offense to score more than that because of how dominant it is. They're doing their job. They're looking great. I will say though, I'm not, I'm not still buying into this extreme hype that Arizona has. They're a great team. They're a playoff contender. I don't think they'll win the division. And I really don't think they're going to get far in the playoffs still. Like they're going to get a wild card, be on the road and lose first round in the playoffs. In my opinion. I think that's a fair take. Yeah. I'm kind of with you, Kurt. Um, I just still see some issues that could pop up. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins hasn't played that well up to his standards this season so far. Um, Christian Kirk has been great, though. I, I will say that. And Let's Rondell go, Moore, Christian Kirk. Rondell Moore has been has been a nice pickup. And uh, AJ Green, like, yeah, that man's he's been pretty solid. Just reanimated, like his. Yeah. It was weird. Um, I mean, the defense, like, that's the main story. Like, Chandler Jones has been excellent. JJ Watt, like, he's been. He hasn't been like J.J. Watt, J.J. Watt, but he's just been there and been fine. Um, but, like, Zayvon Collins has been good. Isaiah Simmons has been really good. I, of course, Zayvon Collins I saw, you, is a I saw beast. you smirk when you were yeah, of course, Zayvon Collins, Collins is a beast. And then their secondary. Like, their secondary has been playing great football. So, like, I don't know. Like, this Arizona team is very fun. Like, it's a lot of fun to watch. And, obviously, Kyler Murray deserves to be at the front of the MVP ballot as it stands currently. I don't know if you guys think he'll win it by the end of the year. Um, I do. Wouldn't uh, you think he has to win the division, though? Because no. the MVP has kind of devolved into you're a top two seed and you're the best and you're the quarterback on a top two seed. I don't, necess- I, I don't necessarily think that. I mean, don't get me wrong. the last MVP no, that didn't win it like right, that? I don't know, but I don't think we can automatically exclude someone because they're not at the tops. Like, I I'm, think not, I'm gonna... not saying I'm not excluding him for that. Right, right. Saying, oh, I know. I'm Sam, you're excluding that. him? Come on. Yeah, I'm excluding him. <laughs> not, I think it, it really just comes down. It's too short. It, that's true. It really just comes down to statistics at the end of the day. Um, obviously, if you have a player – uh, just for hypothetical reasons, whoever gets the, let's say they get the two seed and the Cardinals were like a four seed um, or they get a wild card. And if Kyler has like comparable stats to that person that got the two seed, the person with the two seed is probably going to win. But if Kyler, you know, has 45 yeah. touchdowns and he's got 850 rushing yards and his stats are obviously, you know, considerably better this year, I feel like no one's really lighting it up too much. Uh, yeah, the QBs have sucked this year. Like, yeah, same with running backs. That's what I've been saying. Like running backs, like I really haven't seen anyone like be super consistent. 
Um, Derrick Henry's been, or I don't know. Yeah, no one's really been no like running back up. has yeah. been that like like even like a hundred yards rushing. Like I've been surprised when I've seen that. Like I know like Clyde Edwards Hilarik is in my fantasy team. He gets hundred yards rushing, and I'm like, whoa! Like running back got hundred yards rushing. Like I feel like that hasn't happened that much this year, which is weird. Usually that's not the case, but I don't yeah. know. Really, only him and Derek Carr have caught fire. Uh, I mean, I think Dak is going to really be in the conversation later in the year. Yeah. Um, once I feel like Dallas kind of distances themselves a bit to be one of the top seeds, and obviously it's a fucking Cowboys team, so America's just going to eat that up and all the media is going to eat that up. So, I mean, if Dallas finished over Arizona, you know, I could see it, but Dak, yeah. uh, Tom I still Brady, think, yeah, Tom Brady's still, yeah, there. Aaron Rodgers, maybe, you know, all the usuals. And Patrick Mahomes is going to be in there, you know, all those names. But Arizona's really good. But I'm more with Kurt that I'm not going to overreact yet. Um, I would never, I never react. Remember last week, we're like, we're going to hold you to the Rams pick till the the playoffs. And you said, I'm going to hold it. Oh, I'm still on the, I'm still on the train. I'm still on the train. All right, well, here's a team that we don't need to hold anything on, and that's the Washington football team. Uh, The Washington football team, what is this team? Because it's the complete opposite of what we thought it was going to be coming into the season. I mean, first and foremost, this defense is just... What? Like Horrible. It's terrible. Like, I know Sully can bring this up. Uh, We made a post uh, yesterday about Facebook's defense because Facebook went down. Yeah. And we put Washington football team's defense as one of the pictures. And a lot of people were just commenting like, what you've watched your football team. So you're saying Facebook's defense is good. No, the Washington football team defense has been like dead last this year. They have been atrocious and they just went up against a dysfunctional Falcons team and let Cordero Patterson score three touchdowns on very low snap count. And I mean, Cordell Patterson has been the biggest miss. It's, I'm so confused on what's happening. Yeah. He's I been with see, like five teams see. and no one has ever like, he's always like flashed, but no one has ever unlocked like his like consistent. He, he's never like gotten the ball more than like three times a game. Like, I don't know. It's weird. I don't really get it. Yeah. And then obviously, I mean, I could see him just completely turning into a five point per game fantasy score like any week and just uh, staying yeah, yeah. that way for the rest 100%. of the season. Um, but also oh, Washington, their defense sucks. We've brought that up, but let's flip over. Kurt can probably answer that the best out of anyone. Let's flip over their offense. I just got to say this, this offense is blessed to have Terry McLaurin. He's That's a beast. all I really have to say. He saves this team's ass way more than he should because there are so many plays that are just dead in the water that he saves like that touchdown throw from a Heineke where he just, threw it off his back foot, fading away, just chucking up a ball. People are saying, what a throw. No, that was all Terry. Terry literally Was was that the one where he was like wide open and then like eight seconds later got the pass thrown to him? I I watched a clip today where Terry was like wide open in the end zone. Like he made a good route. Like I think it's a defender defender fell down or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And And then like he got the pass like seven seconds later. two defenders in front of him and then he had to adjust, get in front of them and then get the ball. Yeah, it's pretty good. That was all Terry. Like that was going to get picked off if Terry wasn't so amazing, but like this offense, they just lost Brandon Scherf for a couple weeks. 
that's going to be huge. I mean, they haven't gotten the ground game going that well. I mean, Gibson and McKissick have been good in the passing game, but in the ground game, I don't feel like you're producing that much. And I don't know. Like, this is just a weird team, and it completely flipped how we felt about them coming into the season because we were thinking, oh, this team's, you know, their defense can be great, and their passing game is going to be explosive because they have Fitzpatrick, but obviously they don't have Fitzpatrick now. And now they're just kind of this weird, hot and cold, like inconsistent juggernaut. It's kind of weird to say um, because you feel like this team could just break out at any moment because we saw how great this defense could be last year. And they were one of the best defenses in the league last year. And they have one of the best front sevens in the, in the NFL. And this front seven is not playing near that level right now. Um, so that's kind of my take on Washington. I'm going to kick it over to Kurt because I'm sure he has a lot to say about his own team. They did win the game. I have to bring that up. I, I'm making it sound like they're one and three. No, they won the game against Atlanta, but they were way behind at first and they were making massive, massive mistakes. That got me very infuriated watching that game, but Kurt. I would like to you. say, I would like to say, Thank you for watching the Washington football team because not many people do so. As we I, watch, the, uh, I watch all the games at once on Sunday ticket, but I had Washington as my, my main game. As the, we have the, the lowest attendance rate in the National Football League, but that's okay. <laughs> that is not okay, but whatever. Anyway, um, bad news. This is a bad football team, and I understand that. The, good the Washington news, bad football team? They're going to the, change their name. That's true. They should. The good news we're still only a game back from Dallas and I'm not saying we're winning the division. I'm not saying that I think we're better than Dallas, but we've played our worst football imaginable through four games and we're still only a game back. If things were to massively change, then, then I would say we probably might have a chance, but it doesn't look like things are going to massively change. We're still in the hunt, which I'm grateful for as a fan, but it's obviously looked horrible. Um, and, I mean, Sam completely said it himself. This defense has just been so bad. Chase Young has no sacks. They can't get any pressure, and I think a lot of that has to do with Jack Del Rio's defensive scheme, just running the basic 4-3 uh, defensive scheme, getting no pressure. There's just have been – if you go back and watch all four games, I think – I seriously think we have blitzed just a handful of times. It has been pathetic. Like the players you have. Yeah. And it's not even necessarily because I I was talking to my dad about this and I said, like, I'm fine if you don't want to bring the house, but at least like line up with seven and drop off. So you're at least confusing. If you line up with four on the line, we're not creating anything. The front four is not good enough to where we can get a sack. And the secondary, I God is not good enough to where we can cover them. It's just a fucking disaster. The secondary, I mean, Kendall Fuller and William Jackson were supposed to be a what top 10 cornerback or I mean, honestly, top seven cornerback due on the league. And they have just been bad. Both of them. I mean, we missed Benjamin St. Juice last week who wasn't even that good through three games, but our slot corner, obviously um, McTire is out for the year, which sucks, but we need a slot corner. So hopefully St. Juice comes back next week. The safeties curl has been fine. Collins has been, eh, but we're paying, Collins a shit ton of money, so it kind of sucks. Ah, yeah, it is a. Botch. Yeah, we got the better safety, Jabril Peppers, baby. Um, but I will say, as much as this team has been kind of a disaster, 
Um, there are a couple good things about it, which I will mention. The offensive line has actually been pretty solid this year, and I know that we yeah. were worried about this O-line coming in, but they have done a good job. Um, even with Sheriff going out in the third quarter, Wes Schweitzer stepped up big time at that right guard spot, and he's going to continually pray, play there as Sheriff is off. Um, and the line, yeah, they give Heineke plenty of time. And Heineke, who's pretty mobile himself, I say it's so true that you said that. The guy slides one yard from the line of sc- or the uh, yeah. first down marker every uh, time, and it's just like was pissing me. I mean, off I love. I, I mean, I love the game. I love the effort. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he's going head first into the grass, but it's like a yard. Sure, sure. I'm like, dude. Um, and I mean, I, I genuinely cannot describe my love for Terry McLaurin. It is so deep. Like he's probably my favorite Washington it's player so deep. throughout my entire career. Maybe RG three beats him, but at <laughs> least Terry has done it for multiple years. Like this guy. And just, I know I've talked about it, just his attitude towards everything. Like the ultimate team player, a captain never complains, uh, has won. I don't know if you guys knew this was an award. I don't know if other teams do it, but Washington does like, a player of the year who's best with the media. So like always goes to media on press conference, always is good with the media and he's wanted every single year he's been on Washington. So that just goes to show the type of person he is. I know that's not a huge deal, but it's the small things like that, that really make you a great person and player. And I love Terry. I mean, he's unbelievable, but besides the O-line and Heineke, I thought Heineke had a great game on Sunday um, definitely had mistakes, like you said, the throw, even though it worked out. But he's probably going to start once Fitz comes back, and I'm fine with that. Um, but this team is just exhausting to watch because, <laughs> I mean, I knew coming into the game we were going to make Matt Ryan look unbelievable. I don't know if I said it on this podcast, but I mentioned to it multiple times. Can you imagine when we play Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott? We are going to – they are probably Jones. going to – I mean, yeah, Daniel Jones had an unbelievable game <laughs> against us. They're Daniel Jones always does, though. Those elite quarterbacks are actually going to put up like 500 yards against us. It's just going. Kurt, to what be do you insane. What do you have to say about the uh, the stat? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the stat. I want to see if Sam can guess who this is on the Washington defense. Okay. More okay. penalties than sacks, QBs, hits, and pressures combined more penalties so that's a d lineman i'm i'm 99 sure that's accurate i might have messed up one of the stats okay yeah, it is you got yeah it. it's a chase young yeah it is wow i will Jesus. say here's what uh, last thing i'll say about this d line that pisses me off every week we're promised it's going to be a different result it's not like stop telling us that you're gonna massively improve and you just do nothing i will say though jonathan allen even that, I mean, obviously his contract hasn't kicked in now, but it is going to be, he, he's unbelievable. The guy is a star, 15 million a year. I mean, yeah, it's a lot of money, but he's so worth it. Deron Payne has actually been pretty solid too, but Jonathan Allen is just so easily this best, our best defensive player. Like it's not even a debate anymore. Um, and then Chase and Montez have massively disappointed, which we know. I saw a Twitter account that said Micah Parsons is better than Chase Young. What do you think about that? Is that's just such a joke. This year alone, <laughs> sure, but overall, I'm still not ready to admit that Chase Young had a great rookie year. Like, let's not forget about that. Um, and I'm not going to slam the brakes after four games. So, I expect I still I honestly expect Chase Young to still have over like eight or nine sacks. 
probably getting the double digits. I think it's going to turn it on soon, but it hasn't happened yet. And I want it to. That's my take. And that was right. Sam's take. Good job. Hey, Sam. I mean, Thank like, you, for, you laid a great foundation for me to work off of. I appreciate it. With the talent you have, your take. With the talent you have in that front seven, there is no reason why they should be producing this poorly. I mean, you have Chase Young and Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, who I've brought up multiple times, how much I love him, and you did too. I mean, Matt Ioannidis, Deron Payne. Uh, you got you just drafted Jamin Davis. I feel like you haven't even used him. Um, Davis has been fine. It's just like he was such a project type linebacker. Yeah, that it's yeah. All, I will say John Bostic's the worst linebacker in the league. I'm not even kidding. The guy's so bad. He can't cover. He literally can't. But I'm not even kidding. So you'd cover better than him. It's just, if you're, it, it's, <laughs> yeah, just, I it's, fucking, it. it's fucking ridiculous. All right. Enough of Washington. We suck. Anything else we want to talk about? Like Washington related? Obviously, we have more takes, but. No, that's it for me. Uh, no, not really. Uh, go Diami Brown. And Sam Cosme's a beast. He's been great. He has, except he had a bad uh, pressure last week. But it's fine. He has been. Great. He has been. He has been. Um, I'm still up. I'm going to keep this short because I don't want to talk too much because the listeners don't care about me. Uh, but True. Justin Herbert. He's I a mean, god. The, the guy's literally fucking insane. I know I said this after week one that he was going to be a top five quarterback by the end of the year. I still stand by that. This guy is unbelievable every single week and just – He's just so chill about everything. He makes everything look so easy off the field. He just doesn't care. And he's just like, yeah, it was fun. Like, it's just everything about him is just hilarious and awesome to watch. The guy was unbelievable against Vegas last night and against a Vegas defense that has massively stepped up in the first three games. He torched him apart last night. Uh, Justin Herbert's the real deal. And I think we all are in agreement with that, but I just wanted to reassure that for all of you. Yeah, you know what I'm going to say. I love Justin Herbert. He's the man. Uh, I can't believe the Giants didn't get him. Now the reports come out that, you know, Brian Flores wanted to take uh, Herbert over Tua. Yeah, I mean, anyone with a brain would have done that. But fortunately enough for the Chargers. (laughs) Yeah, well, yep, that's true. Hey, we, Sam we have Jordan Love, who we, who I like better than Herbert, coming out. Uh, Sam has, Sam has yeah. also apologized to Herbert in the past. I have so. apologized <laughs> to Herbert way yes. more times than I have needed to. Um, yeah, he forgives you. He called me and said, it was "Is right. that my worst take I've ever had on this podcast, or just like ever?" Oh, it is a long list, but it is a, I think... it is a long list. <laughs> no, I yeah, from on top of my head, I think that's got to be it, dude. I. I'm still riding the Joe Burrow train till the wheels fall off. I'm, I'm just telling Joe Burrow's been great. He's been, he's been good this year. <laughs> I was so picky last year about me finally admitting Herbert was better than Burrow, though. I could say that, but once he tore his ACL, it was kind of over. But uh, is that it, Kurt? Is that all you're going to say about it? Yeah, not much. I know that's not even my quick take, but there's not really much I have to say. I guess I have two he, quick takes. He, he is a beast. He is yeah. a beast. Yeah. So, yeah. yes. Um, yeah, I'm going to talk about the Buffalo Bills a little bit. Um, obviously they just won 40 to nothing. They did play the Texans. So, I mean, who cares? Uh, it's not that impressive that you have them to zero points, but the Bills defense is one of the best in the league at this point. I think that's pretty safe to admit. Um, obviously they played against Washington the week before they let up 21 points, which isn't a lot, but I think, um, okay. So they let up 14 in the second quarter, seven in the fourth quarter. 
And the week before that, they played the... I remember they, like, destroyed them. I think they shut them out. Yeah, Dolphins, 35-0. Dolphins, obviously, not a great offense. But the Bills, I had the take, I think, after week one about Josh Allen. I was a little bit worried for him. I still don't think we're going to see the Josh Allen of last year. I mean, he's been good so far. He's been great. Can't really have many complaints about him. Um, But I still don't think we're going to see, you know, 40-plus touchdowns. But still, you don't really need that on this Bills you know, team now. I mean, last year, their defense took a step back. It was a little underwhelming. Their running game was pretty much non-existent. Their running game this year is not crazy, but Zach Moss and Singletary have done a better job than last year. And Josh Allen is, is playing solid. And the defense is playing very, very good. Um, the Bills are definitely a team to watch out for. I mean, last year, they definitely made some noise. They barely lost to the Chiefs in the playoffs. And I think we're going to see them back there again in a very similar spot in a, you know, losing a very, very close game. Um, maybe even in the AFC championship um, they're, they're obviously it's only week four, but the defense is playing so good right now. And um, obviously they have the offensive weapons. So that's pretty much the, you know, the recipe for a playoff team making a good run. What do you guys think? You guys think uh, Bill's deep playoff run this year? I said this before the season and Zach and Jackson was like, you're wrong. And it's ironic because they're Buffalo fans. I was like, this team is going to be great again. Like they're probably going to make it back to the AFC championship. Like they didn't lose a lot of key players. The defense got better. Obviously, as we've seen as the season gone on, Josh Allen's the man. This is a very solid team. Well coached. Everything about this team is what you want in an organization. And like you said, even though Josh Allen's not putting up, unbelievable numbers as last year and obviously we talked about it but he could have won an mvp last year would it came another year then i mean that just goes to show how great he was last year and but this bills team is electric they just won by 40 points and like you said i don't care who it's against that's unbelievable in its sense so shout out to buffalo they're killing it and they were my survivor pick this year so or this week so thank you buffalo for doing your job there you go it's the easiest survivor pick ever was I'm taking it, you know? It's like free money. I mean, I get free money when I bet anyway, so. Buffalo is yeah. pretty great. They're pretty great. They're an easy pick. They're an easy block to, like, be great. Let's be honest here. Um, I guess I'll have my last official take, which is going to be just it, – it simply just says Trey Lance. And I didn't really put anything after Trey Lance because I don't know what to do. Um, <laughs> That's the take. Trey Lance. What do you do? Because I think he showed a lot. Jimmy Garoppolo pulled his hammy. He might play again this week. We don't know. He thought he'd be up for a couple of weeks, but that's not the case. Trey Lance showed a lot of nice things, but he still has his accuracy problems. And like he was 50% completion percentage. I mean, the Cardinals were not the Cardinals. The Seahawks were kind of giving him fits. It's his first game action. Let's, let's not overreact, but his ability with his legs is still amazing, and you can't deny it. It's really just I have no idea what they're going to do with him going forward. Like, if Jimmy G doesn't play this week, let's say that. Trey Lance comes out and plays well. Let's say he plays well against Arizona. He won't. He won't? No, he sucks. He's sackless. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. QB2, right? Yep. QB2. I stand by it. No, I was talking about Trey Lance starting, like playing well. Huh? Very I was saying if Lance <laughs> came out and played in week in this week, 
Yeah. And played well. Did you think he said Jimmy G? Oh, yeah. I thought he said Jimmy G. You said no, Lance? That's what, yeah, I said Lance. Oh, Lance is unbelievable. You should start him. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I'm so confused. <laughs> no, no, no. If Lance, if Lance comes out, or they have to start Lance because Jimmy G's banged up. Uh, Lance, even if he doesn't win the game, plays really well. I think they go with Lance. Like, I think yeah. that's a Shanahan thing to do. I think that's, you know... Uh, the, was Shanahan the coach when they did uh, Alex Smith to Colin Kaepernick? No, he wasn't. Nope. Yeah. Who was the coach? Uh, Roman, right? I don't know that is. Uh, so- Sam, Sam's got to look it up. The research guy. But, no, Greg I Roman, mean, no, Greg Roman was the OC. Who the fuck was the coach? Why am I forgetting? Regardless, I think that's kind of a, that's a Shanahan new way of thinking kind of thing to do, I think. Go with the young guy that's shown a lot of promise. He knows he knows Jimmy G's ceiling. It's solid. It was Harbaugh. I'm stupid. It's not game changing though. Oh, I should have known that too. That was the easiest one actually ever. Well, this uh, is this is my take on the Trey Lance situation because we're kind of running out of time. If Trey Lance, like play Trey Lance now because the NFC West is a dogfight. You're not going to win a championship with Jimmy Garoppolo. You already know this. Might as well just get the rookie lumps out of the way now because he's shown you enough to make you want to play him at least. I agree. All I right. Agree. Let, let's quick fire these takes. All agrees. Quick fire last take. Patrick Mahomes had the most low key five touchdowns ever. Did anyone talk about it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, two of, just, them were, two of them were fucking like two yard passes. Yeah, count. But like, is the sky the like, what, like, we're just so used to it that we're just like, oh, whatever. I don't even <laughs> yeah. care. Like, he just had five touchdowns or whatever. Like, that's, that's insane. And I feel like no one talked about it. So that's, that's my quick takeaway. Yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, my quick takeaway is about the Ravens situation at the end of the game. They tied the uh, most games for 100 yards rushing. Um, it was a fourth down. They ended up going for it instead of kneeling with like 20 seconds left, whatever it was against the Broncos, even though they were winning. Um, and a lot of people are pissed. I say go for the record. I don't care. Um, if you don't want the team to go for the record, stop them to win the game. Don't lose. Don't bitch when you lose. Um my opinion teams always try when there's 10 seconds left if they're losing who cares you're winning run the ball get the three yards get the record um and it's good for the locker room i guarantee they celebrated that in the locker room after they're going to be talking about it it's good go for it yeah agreeing there but my quick fire take is that the philadelphia eagles have a very real chance of having three top 10 picks in 2022 nfl draft how they have the Dolphins first this year from the Jalen Waddle trade. Yep. And then they have the Colts first from the Carson Wentz trade. All they need is Carson Wentz to play all 70%. Carson Wentz sucks. The Colts could suck. They don't, I'm still not impressed with them, but I think they'll be fine. But I think there's a chance. There's an outside Damn. chance. I think they'll at least get two. I, you- I think the Colts are gonna be around 16. I I also Another quick take in there about the Eagles. I think Jalen Hurts actually isn't that bad. Dude, he's getting he's, so much hate. I don't he's know. getting a lot he's, of he's hate. Fine. He's, he's, he's getting a lot of hate. hate. I think he's, he's been this, great. Not great, like his, but like this, he's done this his job. This is like his ninth career start. And if you compare that to like how rookie quarterbacks have done through four weeks, like he'd be better. Right. He would be right. the best. Which he's is, been playing good. Yep, that's it. Highlighted podcast. Um, that's it. Highlighted podcast. Yep, you heard the man. Um, Jalen Hurts is great. Uh, you know who's not great though is Urban Meyer. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. Uh, We'll see you Friday and goodbye.